Welcome to Let's Unpack That. I'm Liana. I'm Brianna. I'm Chuck. And we're your friends navigating this complicated, messy, painful, and beautiful experience of life with you through human story and connection, starting with our own. You're safe here and we see you. So, let's unpack that. have a special episode of Les Unpack That. Um, Liana will not be on this episode. We only have four mics, but actually we only have three. So we thought we had four, but Brianna and I are going to be sharing a mic today. So if sound quality isn't as great, it's not Matt's fault. (laughs) Everything I touch breaks. (laughs) So our guests today are our intended parents that we talked about in our surrogacy episode. Seth and Emily. Hi. Hi. <laughs> We've never been on a podcast before. Right, you couldn't tell. I'm blushing profusely right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not experts yet, so you're in good hands. Okay. I know. And and just realize like we can edit things or do whatever. So perfect. Oh yeah. Don't worry about so it. Yeah. They can um, cut out whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So on our episode, you guys haven't heard it yet because it hasn't come out, but. Um, we just talked about kind of our side of the surrogacy journey and before we go into just like your side of the surrogacy stuff, we kind of want, um, to hear your, just your story in general and what kind of brought you to surrogacy. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourselves, where you grew up and all that, and then, um, kind of tell us how you got from A to B. Okay. You want me to start? Yeah, you should totally start. Okay, so (laughs) Seth and I actually both grew up in Provo, and we met at Provo High School when I was 14 and Seth was 15, and we had that whirlwind romance of him unscrewing the backs of my chairs and, you know, (laughs) me making him confess that he likes me and then shutting him down and... Typical 14, 15. Typical 14. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the heart of every romance, I think. Yeah. Um, But then... But we had we shared friend circles. Her best yeah, friend we friends, lived down the street from me, um, so we were really good friends for a long time. And but after I um, tried to have him confess his love, and I shut him down. And I did confess it. It was he embarrassing. Did. <laughs> I mean, it, it was worked. Really I, was, I was pretty effective. Uh, we kind of drifted apart for a while, and he dated other people through high school. So we had a little time apart but then just randomly one day he I think had heard that my parents were getting divorced or that I was having some trouble with friends and he saw me driving by and he's like I remember that girl I took that as a clue I like her I was like synchronicity I was like I was like just thinking about you then I saw you and I was like if if I don't go talk to her now she's gonna be in real trouble I'm gonna go down the wrong path (laughs) (laughs) so he followed me home and we rekindled our friendship and then I had to be the one he followed me home it does sound crazy (laughs) he followed me home he did follow me home in the car (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't creepy though it was super sweet and I was really excited to see him and then I had to be the one to confess my love the second time around because there was no way he was going to do that again. Oh, do you remember you confessed it and I didn't say anything back? I was like, that's cool. She's like, I really like you. I really like you. And that's a big deal for me. And I was like, cool. 
No, I was I like, I'm not making this mistake twice. Yeah, that's only fair. You yeah. had to like oh, shut yeah. her down just a teeny bit. Uh-huh. I was like, maybe it's all to see yeah. how <laughs> devoted I actually was. And now we've been married almost 20 years, so it worked out. I know. Goals, right? Seriously, right? <laughs> we're two years in, so 18 oh. more. Yeah, we're also children. Like child bride, yeah, I was child 18 husband, when so. I got married. So. so that's also a not goal. So you got not goals mixed with goals. So we were really young. But then we were like married for seven years and then we had our first baby. We wanted to make sure like we still liked each other before we had kids, which was awesome because we did. Then we had one and then we had two. And so we have two perfect kids. Um, and I had really easy pregnancies, a really easy time getting pregnant. So then when our third pregnancy came along... And how many years ago was that after, how many years after your son? Uh, three. Three years So after. three years in okay. between pregnancies. Um, everything was going normal, but I did have this feeling from the very beginning of the pregnancy. And I would tell Seth and my friends, Mike, I think something is off with this pregnancy. Like, I think the baby's going to have like some sort of disability or some kind of special need. Um, and I'd be so like, that's I was, fine. I'm like, I'm really short. Well, like, you know what? We, we can make things work. We yeah. adapt. Like, it's fine. Like, like, I make you reach this. things for me in the kitchen, and it's fine. I can get by. This will be okay. But, <laughs> I mean, that's then we went and got an ultrasound, and the baby was dead. So that wasn't the hardship that I was expecting. And that was around 18 weeks when I miscarried. So then we tried again, and I got pregnant again super easy. And then about 14 weeks in, I think, I miscarried again. And I was like... Never mind. I'm done. I, I quit. I give up. Well, uh, something interesting I remember you guys saying was that they won't check or, or they won't figure anything out until you've had three. That's what my diagnostic test to see. My OBGYN, I went in after my second one to just confirm that the heartbeat wasn't there because I, I delivered at home with midwives and so they would do a heart check and they're like, we don't hear anything, but that could just be too soon. But they sent me to an OBGYN to double check, and they were like, nope, it's, it's, it's gone yeah, but, too. But then after three. And so, yeah. yeah, I was like, so what do I do? Like, why does this keep happening? And they said, well, we don't really look into it because miscarriages are so common until after the third one. That would is when you would be considered yep. infertile or something, even though both of we're my... late-term mis- miscarriages. Yeah, we're in the second trimester, which is really actually uncommon. So I was like, not willing to have a third miscarriage well because the other other thing too they weren't just like she like she had to go to the er each time because she was like bleeding out during the misc during when she was trying to pass the dead little baby she was just like and she's like i'm gonna do this at home she's like a weird hippie she's like i'll do it at home yeah she's like laying in the shower and blood's like everywhere and i'm like at what point am I supposed to intervene <laughs> when, here? Yeah. Like, when do I intervene? This is fine. I'm doing fine. Then I decided when she's unconscious, I'll pick her unconscious body up and take her to the emergency room, which it pretty much was like that. Um, and then, yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't want to risk it. And I'm like, okay, well, if these are our only choices, you bleeding out to die and, and like yeah, risking that. I, I, don't want, I don't want that either. Yeah. Like I want our two kids to have a mom, but we definitely, the, the hopes were we were going to have a pair. We had two really close. We we're going to wait a little bit. And have two really close, so we could have two two Little two pairs of buddy buddies. Teams, that's what that's yeah. what we wanted from the beginning, but then we resigned to it's just not going to happen. Um, I did. I am really quick at being like, oh, okay, moving on. But Seth couldn't ever let it go. He was always holding on to that 
Do you think it was almost desire. like a defense mechanism, though? Like, I don't want to just let it go, but to, like, protect your own heart. Like, I'm, I've got to just feel... I'm going to shut off from this now. I think, for me, I'm actually pretty quick at accepting what life gives me, and I don't hold on. Like, I feel... Like, I have zero regrets in my life, even though I've made plenty of mistakes and done a lot of stupid things. <laughs> but I'm like, no, that was just life. I can move on. And so for me, I was like, no, I can be happy with my two kids. Like, I don't need to be greedy. I can be a good mom still. I still got the experience of being pregnant, of delivering my babies and being a mom. And so I can be good. But I always wanted more. Seth always though. wanted more. Yeah, such a positive, like, mm-hmm. outlook on it. Because not everyone or is Or just that realistic, way. you know? I'm like, I, well, I mean... But it's also Obviously, not to say that not. that's, like, the wrong way to do it either, yeah. you know? Because I feel like they are two very opposite ends, but, like, good come from both, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't want to let go of my dream of having more kids. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's commendable, too. Yeah, I think it's more common to feel the way you felt, Seth, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, mm-hmm. this wasn't part of our plan. Like, yeah, we had was, a plan. Which is more like Charles. We need to follow the plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, Seth is more like And me. I am way more like stuff happened back then, and we are just going to carry on. That's, that's, that's how I am. Seth is much more of a creative thinker than I am. So if something gets in my way, I'm like, well, that's there. You know, and that's kind of the end of my thought process. But right. Seth is super creative in his thinking. And so when something doesn't go his way, he doesn't accept it very easily. He wants mm-hmm. to think his way all the way around the problem until he can come up to, with a solution for that, which is why we're here. Which, which also is can have liabilities too, because sometimes I can't let things go that should be let go. Like, And so I'll be more prone to feel sad or to have some depression or anxiety where she's like, why? Just move on. And I'm like, well, because I, we wanted but, that. But sometimes it can have some payoffs. So when Emily finally found out the root cause of why the babies died, she had like five pounds of tumors in her uterus. And the doctor's like, oh, and this is what would happen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, one, that you guys didn't check this sooner. But that wasn't even from my OBGYN. That was from a hormone slash fertility doctor. Cause I thought I was bleeding so much just on a regular monthly basis. I was like, I had to have a blood transfusion. Like I was passing out when I would fluff the pillows on my couch. Oh I was like, my gosh. something is wrong. So I finally went to a hormone doctor. Cause I'm like, something is not regulated. And he's like, I told him my history and he's like, well, let's just do a, transvaginal ultrasound and I'm like okay which my OBGYNs never did they only did abdominal ones oh really so the abdominal one they can't see they couldn't see it no and this one instantly he's like oh you have three tumors the size of softballs in your uterus and one is growing through the uterus so he could see it instantly which is a little bit frustrating but how did that moment like feel though were you scared of like the c word when, when I was really scared yeah. I, I, I held it together I was at the uh, doctor's appointment by myself cuz I thought it was just womanly Routine. hormones yeah. and I and he had talked about needing a hysterectomy or open abdominal surgery or all sorts of things which I've never had in my entire life mm-hmm. and so I walked out and called Seth and just, he answered the phone and I started crying. And so he probably... <laughs> yeah, because I'm a hypochondriac already. And you start being like, there's tumors in the uterus. And I'm like, my wife is dead. My wife is dead. <laughs> yeah, I was so scared. And then she was like, no, well, no, they, it, it might not be cancer. It's probably not. It's just, and I was like, okay, you need to lead with that crap. Because I am like freaking out right now. Like, but... Mostly I was just scared for the big change and... I mean, I do feel like I kind of lost something when I lost my ability to give birth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I didn't really like that idea. I really like not having a monthly period, though. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, silver that linings. Sounds, <laughs> yeah. That part. It's great. But they said, we got to take your uterus out. You just keep bleeding out. Yeah. And then I said, is there any chance that she, is there anything we can do to make it so she could still have a baby if we wanted to try again? And they said, well, they're going to have to, she'll look like a, a quilt, like a poorly made quilt. Or like, like imagine my uterus work. like um, Swiss cheese, but then they just patch together all those holes, like try to sew it together. And he's like, you, you would be at high risk for uterine rupture if I ever got pregnant again. Yeah. So, and again, I was like, nope, I already have two babies. Like I'm, I don't yeah, want to so go she's, through that. And then I, then I realized like one night I remember saying like, we have, so we need to schedule your hysterectomy. There's one other possible way i think it could maybe make this work if we ever have any chance of ever having this again it would only be through this we would need to quickly get as many eggs out of you as possible before they take your uterus out and then we would need to try to find if people could help us and that then i'm like that is really our only chance and so there's one one hope kind of crazy and we looked into it and read about it and we we're like it may work. So we started harvesting her and we we're just racing against the clock because they wanted to take her uterus out because she's bleeding all the time. So she's getting blood transfusions. I would go and then getting her the... eggs taken out and they're drawing her blood out to check the <laughs> eggs. And I'm like, I know. I would be in the <laughs> oncologist's office every month with patients who really did have all sorts of blood cancers. And I'm just there getting blood transfusions and iron transfusions. And I'm like, I'm not dying. The sweet old, you guys yeah, are the dying. The sweet old people are like, you're too young you're, to be here. I'm like, I'm like, it's not what you think. That's so but sad. I also am too young to be here. But right. yeah. So it was kind of a. So what was your initial reaction, Emily, when he brought up the surrogacy? Because it sounds like it was your idea I, I, from I think, yes. the beginning, but were you like very gung-ho or were you kind of hesitant? I was kind of hesitant because I was like, look, let's not push our luck here. We have two great kids. We have a good marriage. We're happy. Like we can be fulfilled like this. You know, I don't want to introduce new babies and then our current kids feel like they were replaced or we don't want them anymore. But then he said, look, we have like a few good decades left before we start going downhill. You could either, I mean, our kids are going to grow up and be out of the home. You could go get a job or you could have 20 more years at home with kids. Like, which would you prefer? And I was like, definitely that one. I don't Second want a job. One, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm I, like I, I want to stay I home with kids. I she was going to say that. I'm yeah. clever. I know she yeah, was. Yeah, that was clever. <laughs> I mean, that was I, very I, clever. Thank you. I think what Brianna's saying too before, she's like, is there part of you that's like, scared or resistant and part of me i i we both wanted more kids so much at the same time yeah I, it's just i think the last decade of her feeling like her body didn't work her feeling like she had failed her feeling like this is a scary process and it yeah. can be scary it was enough i to had a shake, lot of shake her. negative emotions yeah. around childbirth like, and pregnancy which is sad because i loved it beforehand but i was like i don't and I'm kind of hesitant to change in the first place. I like my routine and my stability. And I really wanted to protect the kids that I already had. Like, I didn't want to ruin their lives at all. Yeah, but and I... Seth and I are both one of six siblings each. And I loved growing up with tons of siblings. And so that was what made it okay for me to be like, okay, this could be a good thing, you know. We'll be intentional parents. We'll make sure we don't replace our current kids. And well, I was then trying, I was excited. And I was trying to help rekindle the reasons why we wanted more in the first place. I was like saying these other ones could be really great for our other ones, even though there's like a 10 year gap instead of a three year gap. Like we were thinking like this could be amazing. And we talk about it just 14 a bit. 14 year gap. Oh, between, the, old, between yeah. the oldest. Wow. 
yeah, between Penny, who was our oldest, and these new babies. Wow. So much help, though. Like, I you know. think about it. Like, you don't have to find a babysitter for this. <laughs> I know. Like, Penny's really already is. said that she's... Very nurturing and, like, motherly almost. And she said she's going to get up every night with me to help feed the babies. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> she, wants, she wants our oldest girl. She wants to have the babies in her room, sleep with her in her room. She would do so good with that. She's a night owl. You guys said I know. She <laughs> hates going sleep, to bed. So she was she hates being alone. Like, yeah. she needs twins in her room right now. So cute. But, I mean, even Teddy, he's very, like, hands-on and, like, great with our kids. He's great you know? with younger kids, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I, I remember walking through saying this. If we can make this happen, it will be an amazing feat, and it will be a plus for our family. If we can make this happen... And, it was very easy to convince her once I talked about it. I think she's just afraid to kind of go down the road. And it's a new road, the whole yeah, idea of surrogacy in general. But didn't want any more heartbreak. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, understandably. Okay, so you guys decide to do it. Then what? Did you find look for different surrogacy agencies? Did you like try to outsource people that you already knew? Yeah. Well, the first step was to find out. We, we, were, we knew the, the bottleneck was her eggs because they were about to take stuff out of her that we wouldn't be able to get back in her. Mm-hmm. So we found, the, we were looking between clinics who could fertility harvest clinics. the eggs. And yeah, fertility clinics. So that was our first step. And then once we went through that process. Yeah, and I think it was the fertility center that we landed with. They um, suggested a fertility Oh, a surrogacy agency and the lawyer. So they told us all the next steps to do because we had no idea what we were doing. So we went to the fertility clinic and they told us about Jan from the surrogacy agency. We love Jan. She's the best. I still think we should take her out for lunch. When you guys are pregnant and like growing so she can see. She's like a full circle moment for her. I think she would love that. Yeah. I know. Well, we kind of told a little bit about our side of, you know, interacting with Jan and her kind of telling us about you guys, but still, you know, we hadn't talked to you guys, but she was like, get your applications in because I already told them about you. Okay. <laughs> we were thinking we were going to fill these applications out and that it was going to be like just sitting there for a long process. Like waiting no, you guys are in high demand. I don't no, know if you knew that. but there's, high, there's, there's much, many more intended parents than people willing, willing to do what you girls are doing yeah. for us. So that's very, very well understood. And in our process, like we, we ended up, so we did, we harvest harvested your eggs and then we ended up having two perfect embryos that are genetically tested we have two little girls that i call my freezer baby girls because they, <laughs> they live in the freezer right now um and then we needed to find um right the carriers for us and so um we started with one gestational carrier who so jan found yeah one. jan found us one but she wasn't quite ready so she wanted like five or six months to get some stuff in a line and we were like that's okay in her own life yeah but then she ended up finding somebody that she knew personally needed help, so she did it for them instead, which is understandable. And then we had another one and um, got her in line. She lived in Boston. Jan always worked really hard for us. I think she took a liking to us for some reason. She talked so highly So when the first one fell through, she was like, I will work so hard to get you another one. And within like a week or two, she had found us another option. Like she was amazing. She was great. Yeah. And so then this one, but then she didn't pass her medical screening. She had some health issues. So we're like, oh, darn it. And then, and then Jan felt really bad really because bad. we had two that had fallen through. And then is, shortly thereafter is when you guys heard about us. 
Yes. Uh, yes. So then very shortly so after that. So then a few weeks after, it, she was like... I don't even know if it was a few weeks, but she called and she was like, okay, now this is different. This is a I've very never, interesting I, I have situation. Never... How do you guys feel about lesbians? Yeah. <laughs> I was like... She said, <laughs> she said, this is a new situation. I could tell she's being very careful, but she's like, it is a same-sex couple. And I'm like, that's I fine. I love that. And she's like, okay. Well, they both want to do it for the same family at the same time. And I Better. was just kind of like... <laughs> What? <laughs> they must be crazy. <laughs> no, I just couldn't believe how perfectly that fit for our situation because our ideal, like, I, I'm getting older, you guys. I'm pushing 40, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do newborns forever. So if we could have twins, that would be amazing, like two for one. But, but it's we didn't not... we want to risk the safety No, it's not safe one. to implant twins, and it's, I don't know. But it just, like, felt so perfect. And I was like, well, let me talk to Seth, and I'll get back to you. And I was like, Seth, this is the craziest thing. Like, I think she found the perfect people and they're in Utah because that doesn't I always think happen. she's probably walking on her like tiptoes because she's in Utah County. She doesn't know if we're like staunchly religious or if they're going to be. And probably. I'm, so yeah. she's like, yeah, she like hints they're, they are a gay couple. And I'm like, that I is badass. Gay. That is amazing. Yes, we love lesbians. I was like, we do. I'm, Emily's mom is yeah. a lesbian. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this, I'm, so I mean, like, I, no problems for us. I was us like, in yes. I was like, this arena. is this is just great. I was like, I didn't. But she said, this is unique. She's like, I've never heard of a couple of a, of a gay couple even doing this ever. And I was like, amazing. I was like, yeah, we were really really excited, and she was really excited. She but was she, really she, excited that she found someone for us because I think she felt like it could be a perfect yeah she match. Was, she, was right. she almost felt responsible. She's like, for you guys. oh yeah, I she did. So. She took yeah, she we took us under her wing like was, while we were doing stuff too. And I mean, yeah, she was. I mean, everything is, all the waiting was worth it to find you girls. Like, I'm just, we're so grateful. We well, feel that way about you guys. Yeah, too. 100%. And, and we kind of talked about this in our episode, talking about the surrogacy, but like all the synchronicities that happened that seemed just like crazy. Too good to be true. Uh, too good to be true. Yeah. But one of those things was just the fact that we did have a lot in common with you guys. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, the fact that your mom was gay. Uh, the fact is that, gay. or is gay, sorry, <laughs> is gay, <laughs> yes, is, um, and you guys were raised LDS like mm -hmm. me and right. left, we've left like and you. they've left the church like I have. And we were, uh, I don't know. Oh, and Brianna and Seth found out that they were both Italian. Quarter Italian. Italian. Quarter Italian. Quarter yes. Italian. And were, Brianna know. and I are both control freaks. Yeah. So we have that in common too. We run the show here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love it because uh, we say that Brianna and Emily are a lot alike and Seth and I are a lot alike. So mm -hmm. we call them the better versions of us. No, that's not true. And I'm the straight <laughs> versions. No. We're the straight no. versions of you guys. No, there's, uh -huh. that's, I'm like, yeah, you guys are the ones giving your bodies for us to have yeah. our babies. So I, I, it doesn't, so doesn't hold water, but um, I do see a lot of similarities, which is so nice too. Because the other surrogates that we had in line were obviously wonderful people and oh. very giving. But we didn't have like – and we talked with them some over the phone and stuff. Like, And it was very – business-like like, like yeah. transactional yes yeah. like but very austere still, very but still very kind and trans but obviously yeah very selfless still uh, mm -hmm. wonderful women but we're like this wouldn't be like a friendship it would be like you get a picture of my babies once a year at well, christmas time and they'd be like okay thank you very much and, and that's part go of on the, with their lives I'm like, that's part of the taboo or at least okay. the questions it's always like how much interaction do you have and some parents don't want any they almost want to keep it a secret like this whole process mm -hmm. and i'm like that's weird but okay 
and then some like there, there's all different spectrums. And then when we talked with you, I was like, they could be like our friends. Like they're like friends that I would choose. Like they're nice, really friendly, cool people. Like I like them like as individual people. Like then I was realizing like this could be potentially this grow, could grow into something more than by far more than just a business transaction. It could be like a friendship. It could be like our kids have their little aunties as they grow up. And that's kind of how we're imagining and hoping. And it's, it seems like that's probably in the cards. Yeah, that's what we loved with it all, too. Um, if you heard a little laughter, we're, Emily's trying to open a drink over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was trying to be discreet. We have it on video, so you guys will put the video with the sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying not to make too much noise, no, cracking up. Like, oh, it's so loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love the way you said that, though. Like, these are, like friends that I would choose we felt like that with you guys like from the beginning from that initial phone conversation it just seemed like it fit yeah Yeah. I think that's rare the more I've read about surrogacy and or gestational carries too I think that's rare I think a lot of times they never even see each other at all like Jan hit this one out of the park you guys like yeah I mean yeah well and we loved I one of the things that I really loved when we did talk to you and when we met and everything was that you did say that like we want you guys if you want to be mm-hmm. you know in the baby's lives to some capacity no some like capacity we will celebrate you guys lives. in their in these babies lives well, like without these two amazing women you guys wouldn't even exist so they will definitely know what you guys well, have I, I was getting super emotional the other night we were kind of talking about everything that never happens I know so this is very rare and I was like Charles, see, what if, what if Emily makes a cake and brings it? I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched uh, Emily's uh, delivery. Birthing videos. Yeah, birthing videos. Home videos. And she's going through labor, and she's making a cake. For each of her babies. For her babies. And we were like, that is the, the cutest, cutest thing. thing. I can't yeah. handle it. Emily is my, I call her my domestic goddess, which some women are like, <gasps> like, they're like, you can't say that. And other women are like, oh, I'm so jealous of it. But Emily, it's a, it's a badge of honor. Yeah, for I like it. She is oh, like the I'm perfect, in awe of it. I'm perfect <laughs> domestic. Um, well, now I have to bring a cake if hospitals yeah. allow it. So That's I, where Emily and I are different. I am like the opposite of what a domestic goddess is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't what? agree with it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's okay. Seth knows the finance and all that stuff <laughs> way better than me too. So, yeah. We're good. Huh. Gotcha. Yeah. I used to tell Emily too, because in the church it's like so staunch roles, like boy girl roles, so staunch. And I was like, Emily, I'm being underutilized. I'm one of the rebels. If I you know, want a you job and I, you want me to stay at home, I will stay at home and you can get a job. She's like, No, I just want to be a good I Mormon. I just want to be a she traditional that. housewife. But she just, that's what she's wired and she wants to do. And I love that about her. But literally, she does bake cakes as she's giving birth like a hippie in her house. And I'm like, This girl is insane. That's she's amazing fun. and insane. That. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. Thank you. So I just want you to know I got emotional over it. <laughs> oh, my cake. cake, I will cry. Gluten <laughs> free. Gluten free, yeah. yes. Well, we kind of told a little bit of some of the synchronicities with you guys, like our double rainbow, all of that, we, which we've named. I think, Seth, you're the one who came up with it. Like, if, if you ever do anything with this, call it your double rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, call it the double rainbow journey, which I love. Um, but we kind of touched a little bit on your dream. Mm-hmm. Um, do you maybe want to share that? Sure. Can I say something really quick? Yeah. My sister texted me and she's like, why are your surrogates calling this a double rainbow? Like they had no idea what that meant. They knew that the LGBTQ stuff was a rainbow. And she's like, but what's the other rainbow? And so if any of your listeners are wondering, it's what a lot of people who have suffered 
uh, miscarriages or losses during birth, if you have a baby after those, that can that can count as your rainbow baby because it's the rainbow after, after the, storm. the storm. So we were already waiting for our rainbow baby when we met our two rainbow ladies. Yeah, <laughs> we just saw shade right in. Yeah. This color. So that was actually one of our first synchronicities, but that was one of them. Yeah. And then if I mean to quickly say a couple the morning before Jan called, I like to play online poker with Penny who's like 12, so she's really good with me. So we play online and and we just play for fun, but um I remember like there was somebody at our table who had a picture and it was two uh, women kissing. And I was like, oh, look, there's a little gay couple we're playing poker against. And I was like, that's fun. And then Emily was making eggs and she cracked an egg and she said, you guys, I just got two eggs in one. A and they're gay. A double, and the, the <laughs> yeah. eggs are, no, you can't tell that. Hey, you eggs. You can't tell that. <laughs> but either way, it was interesting. And then Jan called and I was like, wait a minute, wait just a minute. So this is this is me deciding the universe is giving signs to make this work, but you know, very well maybe I don't I don't know how all this stuff works, but it's cool. But then, but then I did have a dream I remember that was really strong where uh, it was nighttime, and I walked outside my house because I saw some bright light, and I looked outside, and um, I realized that like the the moon was reflecting like the sunlight just perfectly, and it was hitting our house in just the exact ray at, way as it was moving, and I. It was this moment when I realized like the stars and the sun and the moon and everything was aligning directly over our house and it was shining perfectly on it. And I fully believe that that is representing everything coming together to make this work. And um, I just, it, it does, it feels like that to me that everything is aligned for this. And um, I think it's just fascinating and so cool, so beautiful. I, I love that story. Yeah. We tried to tell it, but it was definitely not as eloquent as that. I know. I, I, Brianna and I have touched on all this, and we've talked about it, all of us. I mean, we we really hang out with Seth and Emily. Like, we love their family. Our kids are all, they all love each other. It's just been this really cool experience so far. And even with our setbacks, you know, we've talked to Seth and Emily, and we've all kind of, like, you know, been frustrated, but also really positive. And one thing that Emily said to us that like meant a ton to me was no matter what, we feel like this was supposed to be with you, this journey. And no matter what happens, you know, no matter where this journey goes, we do feel like it was meant to be with you. And that meant a ton to us because I mean, we just, we know that this there's a lot riding on this for you guys and we want to do like everything in our power to like make everything happen but you know even with all the signs and synchronicities we know that there's always yeah we don't actually get to control everything and we would yeah still choose you guys we do and we that. can still be friends afterwards forever no matter what happens I love it. we have like we do understand like like how much like you guys are trusting us because I mean, if you only have two embryos, you have two shots and we don't take that lightly. We've been trying to do literally anything and everything to make it as smooth and successful as possible. And you guys have been doing the same on your end, making it like so easy for us to be able to do this for you. They've literally spoiled us. Like trying, like sending us food that we Mm -hmm. can make because I'm, I need to go gluten free. Well, both of us are trying to avoid gluten and things like that, just extra, but above and beyond everything that, yeah, that they need to do. And yeah. we feel like we amazing. got the easy end of the 
well, we stick certain, here. We certainly so. got the easy end of the stick. And also, it's only because you girls are trying to take it so seriously that we're trying to like... Yeah, we're probably just reciprocating you, yeah, your well, guys' yeah, effort and energy. Chelsea's like, yeah, I think I should probably try to be gluten-free. And I'm like, I don't know how many surrogates would be willing to like, even say to and engage in that. So we're just yeah. trying to respond to your guys' willingness to really give it all you so have. So that's a little hint. Wonderful. The more you guys want, you know, the more you... <laughs> get put to out give and take. Yeah, yeah. Right. to give and take. Yeah, but you guys it. really have been great to us, and we will forever appreciate you guys. Thank yeah. you. So uh, in our last episode, too, with the surrogacy, we talked a little bit about my setback. But since then, we kind of had some cool, exciting news where I am going to try a natural cycle. So it's actually going to speed up my process and Brianna and I might transfer within a week of each yes, other. Yes, yeah. in a, in a in a little bit. So before you guys were thinking, I mean, it's gone back and forth. We kind of told everyone about that in the other episode. Just um, for where I'm reference. going first, Brianna, yeah. then it just keeps yeah. The transfer kinda. date keeps getting pushed back for one person, and then the other person gets pushed back, and then the other person gets pushed back again, and we yes. get right to like the finish line, yeah. And then it like oh like, nope, not yet. Not another month. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So like frame of reference, mine is in eight days, scheduled in eight days, and then Charles's will be like probably around five, four or five days after that. Yeah, at least depending on what my body does, but. We, my date was going to get pushed back all the way to the end of March and maybe potentially be a December baby. Born in December. For you guys. Um, Now we think maybe both will be around either the end of October, beginning of November, November, as long as everything goes smoothly, (laughs) which you just never know with this journey we're finding out. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was exciting and but that was another example of you guys being proactive because this wasn't the fertility center that came and said, well, here's another option that could true. speed things up. This was you guys, one, being proactive to get an acupuncturist because that's supposed to help fertility. And she was the one who led you guys to even question the fertility center. And they're like, oh, we'll of course we said, could do that. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to push Charlie back two months. And she's like, wait, two months? And they look and research more and they're like, oh, we could do a natural cycle and get it done in three weeks. And the fertility, they bring it up to the fertility clinic and they're like, oh yeah, we can do that. Well, oh, why man. didn't you tell so us? <laughs> you guys taking charge again and being awesome and making things And the moral happen. of the story is these babies could come on the same day. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> and we got to give a little shout out to Bea from yeah, Bea. Harmony Acupuncture because she was the one who even, yeah, let us know that this was possible and... Yeah, she's been amazing. We owe her lunch too. Yeah. yeah. We'll just get all the we people at the end. Everyone. Yeah. Oh, what's Jan's service agent called? Agency called TLC? TLC, yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. how we first connected. We both used Jan. Yeah. And that's pretty She awesome. was the best. How do you I mean, can you imagine? Like, how crazy is that that all of the stars have to align for yeah. us to even meet you guys? So, There's how did you absolutely. guys find TLC? Because we that was just a recommendation from the fertility center for us. I had found it. Um, we were trying to find a surrogacy agency for Charles C. <laughs> that, that accepts, that accepts my for age. H. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. So, originally, um, Charles C mentioned it to me like, you can do this, like, because I am six years younger than Charles C is. And so I was like, well, you know what would be really cool is if you do it with me. Like, I think that'd be awesome if you both did it. And she was under the impression that she was just too old, so I was scouring the internet. I think it was the second place that I found. <laughs> the second scour. So, actually, I was deep scouring. But I had a whole list of agencies, and it was, like, the second one that I looked into. 
Um, up in like your forties, you can yeah. be a carrier. I'm like, so. I'm like, Charlie's not what, yeah. from our yeah. end. Charlie's not. She, she's you're you're an average age. And she's for, only thirty eight. Yeah, so she's not like there's one women who do this much older. Yeah. I think the age really matters because it's like your egg, your egg age, like your egg yeah. quality. Right. Like she does. We're not, she's using, not using your her eggs. Egg. Yeah. She's yeah. using just her womb. Yeah. And she is Miss Fertile Myrtle. She is <laughs> a fertile person. So, it's like I know, like I've impregnated you a few times. You've heard stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. All right, well, I think this turned out, like, pretty awesome, and we're excited, I mean, beyond excited to be doing this journey with you guys, and thanks so much. Like, this isn't the most comfortable thing. Seth's a little bit more comfortable on camera and behind a mic or whatever. Uh, Little plug to Seth. He was an actor (laughs) Um, and and producer and director. Um, And badass. Yeah. This goes on and on. Short, short, bad, little badass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Emily doesn't love I'm like so red right now. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for doing this. And hopefully next time we're going to do a follow up interview if you guys are willing to do so. And it'll be after the transfer. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing and so soon. So yeah, or and then or maybe, maybe one after even, the birth. Yeah, too. yeah, I oh, think that. that cool. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. We'll do this in trimester. We'll see. If you guys yeah. are still happy about being surrogates once everything is over and <laughs> done with. Let's not do it in the third trimester. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not>. Okay. <laughs> or the first. The first might be kind of bad. Yeah, the, yeah. Maybe not the second either. Second might be bad. All right. At the end. Uh, All right. Well, thanks so much, you guys, and um, if you guys that are listening, have any questions about our journey for Seth and Emily or for Brianna and I, uh, just reach out to our email, Les Unpack That Podcast, right? At gmail.com. <laughs> Les Unpack That Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Thanks. The Les Unpack That podcast is an ally and advocate for the LGBTQ plus community and is devoted to giving a voice and creating a safe space for individuals and families of the LGBTQ plus community. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please seek help by calling the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or by calling 911. If you are under the age of 24 and need crisis intervention or suicide prevention, please call the 24-7 Trevor Project Hotline at 1-866-488-7386. We'd love to hear your questions, stories, and ideas for episode topics. If you'd like to get a hold of the Les Unpack That podcast, please email us at lesunpackthatpodcast at gmail.com. That's les, L-E-Z, unpackthatpodcast at gmail.com. The Les Unpack That podcast is produced by Charles C. Trabert, Brianna Marganti, and Liana Manabog. The Les Unpack That theme song was written and recorded by Matthew Davies. Mixing and editing was done by Matthew Davies. Matthew Davies.